0: understanding of your eyes would be enlightened. Hey family, welcome back to the Root Work podcast with Tiffany Malone. I am super excited to have you here. I'm glad to be back y'all. I had the whole flu this week and so if y'all hear any kind of drainage or any kind of you know my voice sounds a little bit different I'm just glad to be here. I'm glad to have a voice. I'm glad to feel well enough to to record this and spend this time with you. Um, I'm just thankful for health and strength as we all should be and y'all stay safe out there keep those masks on so y'all don't get the flu because it's not it's it's not fun it's not fun but anyway i'm glad to be here with you and um i want to share something with you y'all ever watch tiktok y'all ever watch there's a i'm not gonna say the name of the tiktoker but um there's a there's this girl on tiktok and from time to time i will um her page i follow her page and she is like the guru of all things like cleaning and organization and part of me is like amazed by like how she has her, these rooms in her house that are so um Uh, Almost unrealistically organized. Right. And how she makes everything so neat and pretty. And it's just amazing. So sometimes I just like scroll on her page and I'm looking and I'm like, man, my, my brain could never think to do that. And I'm like, wow, that is amazing. And so I remember a while back um, when we were first moving into our house, um, there was this one section in our kitchen. It was just a small part of the countertop. And I had been kind of watching her page. And y'all that know me, love. I am a diehard coffee lover y'all know I'm a coffee lover and so I saw I thought okay this little section of the kitchen right here just has enough enough countertop space to be like my coffee bar right and so there's going to be enough room for my Keurig And I'm also going to have a little section where I'm going to have like my condiments, right? I got some, I got to have a place for my cream and my Splenda and stirs, and it's going to be all neat and inviting. And one of the things that I had seen on on her page was like this, um, and then you guys have probably seen it. If you use Keurigs and you buy the K-Cups, there's a carousel where you, put the Keurigs really neat in the carousel and you fill up so many in the carousel and you turn it around and it just looks so neat and pretty. And I bought this little coffee sign and everything looks so good. And so I, we, we move in, I get my little section set up and it's looking good. And it's, it's like, yeah, this is wonderful. This is wonderful. And so, you know, I told you, I love coffee. My husband likes coffee. So we get up in the mornings and we make us a cup of coffee. But by two or three days later, there are like five or six empty holes where we've used the 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 K cup Keurig things. And the whole point of buying the carousel for me was in part function, but it was also because I had been watching this TikToker and it looks so pretty. So who wants to see empty carousel? Things and so now I always feel like I have to keep the carousels full so that it has the presentation of being full with full things of 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 Keurig K cups, right? But after a while, <laughs> I'm also pretty practical. That carousel started to almost become my master, right? Because. After a while, I started to say, "Okay, first of all, this is like really expensive, and even though I love coffee, I don't know if I want to be, you know, buying K cups all the time. Sometimes I use the reusable um, individual cup maker, right? And I just want to get me a canister of Maxwell House and and put me a tablespoon or two in my reusable one and use it. But I can't really put that on the carousel. And I started to notice that this thing that I had set up. Thinking it was going to be one thing almost started to boss me around in my own coffee bar at my house. It, it was it was the effect of it having been more than I bargained for. And I know that's a silly example, because when I saw this TikTok, she made everything look so neat and clean. But I'm more of a practical girl and I'm not going to let a coffee dispenser boss me around. Right. But that's kind of the way things are sometimes, right? You, you start off down a path and you think it's going to be one way and you kind of give it a cursory thought. But after a while, the more you start down the path, the more the thing demands of you until you realize that the thing you started off thinking was one thing is actually an entirely different one, right? I, I, bet, I bet some people probably start at school started college thinking, oh, college is going to be fun. And then you got into first year and then you got into second year and it got harder and harder. And you're like, whoa, nobody told me it was going to be this hard. Or maybe, maybe it's like you got into marriage. <laughs> maybe you got into marriage and you saw the pictures of the wedding. Right. But nobody told you you were actually going to have to live with a whole other person. Right. With all of their things and all of their quirks and all of their ways. Right. And that you were going to have to learn how to make allowances for one another. Oh, and you were going to have to make some sort of way to figure out how to deal with their family as well. And they were going to have to figure out how to deal with yours. And it was going to be, and you're like, man, this there's a little bit more to this than I thought. You know, I think a lot of us are having that situation happen with our Christianity. When I look around, at the world, there is something that I'm seeing. um, I'm seeing there sort of be this picture of church, of gospel settings, of Christendom, of churchianity, so to speak, that don't really resemble what it looks like to be a disciple. A disciple. A disciple Jesus even warned right about the K cup carousel effect when he uh, he uses a parable and he, he says, who would begin building a house without counting up the cost right? It's really not a wise thing. he he says no man taking his hand to the plow looking back is fit for the kingdom. There is a very real, cost when we say we are becoming disciples of Christ, right? When we say we are Christians, that means something. And I was thinking about that word disciple, along with a lot of other words that we use all the time in the church world, so to speak. And I was reminded to go to scripture and just see what is it? really mean to be a disciple right I mean I know what the word means the word disciple is and if you grew up if you spent any time in Sunday school you probably learned this and I'll sometimes this word isn't used very much at our churches or if it's used it's kind of used and assumed that you know what it means but it's a learner right it's someone who comes alongside and learns from someone else? It's almost like an apprentice. It's someone who 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 is a student of, a follower of. Um, better better said, someone who imitates the life of the teacher. And so we are disciples of Christ, right? Of Jesus Christ, and 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 it's it's funny because. Even in these circles where we can exist and we can come into church circles, we can really sometimes do that and exist and never touch the heart of what it means to be a disciple. And so our lives aren't really impacted by Christ in the way that they should. And we don't experience real change, right? We don't experience real transformation. So I had to thinking about this and I just pulled out my Bible. Y'all don't mind if I hope you don't. That's kind of what we do here. But Matthew chapter 16, verse 23, well, 22, right? On down in the chapter, um, I was reading what it means to be a disciple. But when I read up a little bit, this is actually the passage where Jesus is talking to his, his disciples. And he's saying, now listen, in just a little while, the son of man is, is gonna be, he's gonna be handed over to, the, to, to suffer many things at the hands of the elders and the leading priests and the teachers of religious law. He will be killed, but on the, first, on the third day, He will be raised from the dead. And Peter, one of his favorite disciples, one of the ones in the inner circle, pulls him to the side and rebukes him in a way that I could actually picture some of us doing. It almost seems like he's giving him this. Don't you talk down on yourself. You're the son of God. That's not going to ever happen to you. No, Lord, that's not you. Not you. Not you. And Jesus says, get behind me, Satan. Jesus says, get behind me, Satan. He says, you are a dangerous trap to me. You're a dangerous trap, right? You're seeing things merely, this is what the New Living Translation says, from a human point of view and not God's. And that's not a small thing. It's a big enough thing that he says, get behind me, Satan, to see things from a human point of view and not God's. Then he says this to his disciples. And this is the thing that I really went to remind myself of in this passage of scripture. And I was struck, much like I was when I bought that carousel and I didn't realize how much I had bitten off, sitting it up there and that it was going to be more than I thought it was to manage. He says, if any of you, verse 24, wants to be my follower, if you want to be my disciple, if you want to call yourself a learner of me, you must deny yourself. Turn from your, I'm not wicked, selfish ways, selfish ways. So deny yourself, turn from your selfish ways, your self-centered ways, right? You must take up your cross. So there's a cross involved. Cross typically implies a crucifixion that typically implies pain. You must take up your cross, right? And follow me three things. You must turn from your selfish ways, or as another version says, you must deny yourself. These are the the things you must do if you want to be a disciple. Disciples are what our churches are supposedly full of week after week. Now, the question is, have we gotten ourselves into something that's a little bit deeper than we intentioned and if so is it more than we're actually willing to do I think that's my question to you today that's my question to you for a lot of us who grew up in church and grew up being brought to church maybe or church was just church to you I'm Inviting you to see what Jesus is actually calling you to. I'm not talking about church as we know it right now. I'm talking about what it means to be a disciple. It means you must, if you want to be a disciple according to the truth himself, you must turn from your selfish ways. It means you must deny yourself. It means everything that our culture says about protecting you and standing in your truth and doing you is countercultural to the kingdom. <laughs> it means you must deny yourself. And I really want to park there because I'm worried that we're not disciples. You must deny yourself. You must tell yourself no. You must concede your rights. Oh, we big about our rights, right? We're big about making sure we get our right but denying yourself is to conceive your rights, right? So you must turn from your wicked ways, right? I mean, from your selfish ways. Then you must take up your cross. You must take up the thing that is going to be the instrument of pain for you and embrace it. You must take up the only path that your teacher took. Your teacher took the path of the cross. The symbol of our faith is a cross. You know that, right? Right. And he says, if anybody's going to be my follower, they're going to have to follow me to the cross. And I always find this um, interesting that we are Christians who almost preach a word that doesn't require any sacrifice of us. That's another gospel because the gospel of Jesus Christ is about a death, it's about a burial, it's about a resurrection and it's in those things that the ultimate love was shown the ultimate love was not shown by the true and living god asserting himself as the true and living god it was by done by the fact that he humbled himself to begin with to come into his own creation as a baby first he humbled himself all the way down. Every single thing about his arrival, every single thing about how he lived, every single thing that he wanted us to follow him and disciple after is humble. God came down. God came down to meet us. But everything about Our culture, everything about the way we live out, our Christianity is prideful. It asserts our way. We demand to be respected. We demand to be heard. We demand to have things our way. And I guess the question I'm asking is, are we disciples? Do we know what disciples are? I'm not implying we become doormats. I'm implying that Jesus said, if you're going to follow me, if you're going to follow me, you're going to have to give up your selfish ways. You're going to have to pick up your cross. There is a cross because there was a cross for him. And if we're going to follow him, there's going to be a cross for us, right? And so there, there's the humility and you're going to have to pick up your cross. And then he says, and you're going to have to follow me. And, and, and the thing about follow me that I think we struggle with a lot of us um, is authority. Follow me means I lead, you follow. Some of us really, really struggle with the concept of authority. And even as Christ humbled himself to come down into the world, the Bible says, God says, has put all things under his feet and gave him to be head over all things for the benefit of the church, which is his body. Christ is king of kings and Lord of lords. Yet he still functions under the authority of God the Father. He is king of kings and Lord of lords, which means he is Lord of all. Yet he does so under the authority of his father. Even as he walked the earth, he did nothing. He said, you do nothing that I don't see my father doing. If you've seen me, you've seen the father. And for some of us, there is more of a spirit within our behavior that mimics the spirit of the rebellious one who rebelled against authority. That was the enemy he was not satisfied with the authority that God gave him. He had to, he wanted to have all authority. He was not satisfied to be under God and to function within the authority God gave him. He wanted it all or nothing. He even tricked Adam and Eve on that wise, which is why they ate of the tree in the garden and which is why we're in the mess we're in. And some of us are still functioning in that spirit, but Christ ends up as King of Kings and Lord of Lords because he first submitted to the authority of his father. And these are the things that it means to be a disciple. It means you have to say no to you. You have to deny you. You have to pick up your cross and you have to follow. You have to embody humility Right, you have to have a, 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 a you have to have an attitude of submission, and there is a, a a bending of the knee to authority, and there is so much in our culture that despises authority, wants no authority, no rules, no guidelines, no restraint. We want to redefine everything. We want it to be as we say it is. Whatever I feel, whatever I believe is whatever is true. And I don't want anybody to tell me what is or isn't. It is a spirit of rebellion. And it's inconsistent with what it means to be a disciple. And I just wondered if maybe some of us bought the carousel for the K-Cups and didn't realize everything we were buying when we said we were going to be disciples. And I want to invite some of us back to truth. I want to invite you away from culture. I want to invite you away from what everybody is saying on every other talking head and every other video and everything else. And I want to Maybe create the space to give you a moment to come back to Christ. And I want you to hear his words. And I want you to get still and to get quiet and to consider. Have I really counted up the cost of what it means to be a disciple? And does my life, does my thought pattern, does my action, does how I move, does how I treat people, does how I talk to them, does how I... Does the ways do the ways that I am moving around in my life and my behavior look like what it means to be a disciple and maybe just sit with that. Maybe sit with that. Maybe I don't know if you find yourself maybe not in alignment with that. Oh, I don't know. Repent. Godly sorrow works repentance, Right. Maybe just sit with what it means to get back to what Christ called us to and see what that looks like in your life. See how that changes your world. Just a thought. Because sometimes it's not just a carousel you're buying. It's more than it looks like on the surface. and Sometimes we just need to take the time to sit down and count up the cost and see if what we really signed up for if we're really in it to be in it i hope you are and if you are that changes how you do the work along the route and if so i'm praying for you until next time see you bye